Welcome to episode 32 of the Unmasking the Abuser podcast, now in season three. This episode is called the Family Gathering Survival Guide. If you look at the release date, you'll notice it's being published right before Christmas. That's no accident. Although I want to stress these tips aren't just about Christmas or New Year's or any other specific holiday. They're relevant for any and all types of family gatherings where tempers may flare, old rivalries can emerge, jealousies may flare up, or someone will try to embarrass or humiliate someone else. Why do we talk about this here? Well, you already know this is the podcast where we expose crucial information about abusers, what they do, how you can spot them, and simple ways to keep yourself and your loved ones safe. But abusers and sociopaths and psychopaths and narcissists and gaslighters aren't only in your romantic life. They're possibly in your family, in the romantic relationship of someone else in your family, in your close friendships, and especially in your workplace. We go over it all. I'm Dr. Dina McMillan. The lens I use to examine these painful issues is that of a social psychologist and a relationship consultant. I realize social psychology isn't as well known as clinical psychology. In social psychology, we study learning and influence and persuasion and manipulation. We explore power dynamics and how they're formed and changed. Social psychology is the field that explores the mind tricks that can be used to alter someone's beliefs and behaviors and do so subtly and effectively. We test and consider how to change what someone thinks and how they act, what they believe is normal and reasonable, and what they will find acceptable or unacceptable. And we social psychologists specialize in making these changes without the person realizing the intention and motivation came from outside of themselves, that they were purposely persuaded and manipulated. This makes social psychology the ideal science to explore the devious moves used to control you and keep you from recognizing danger and harm. And it's never more useful than when you're going to be spending time with your family. Before we head into those necessary guidelines, I want to remind you of something I mentioned in the last podcast. Over the last six months or so, I've been receiving quite a few requests for my help from individuals and couples and families and parents and organizations. I had to figure out how I can do it. You may not realize offering any type of assistance is not only challenging, time-consuming, requires research and effort, but there are also legal issues to be considered, especially when I'm dealing with individuals and couples. I sought legal advice and came up with a plan. 
So, if you'd like some short-term informational assistance, or perhaps you'd like me to speak at your event, do some training, develop a program, or if you'd like my help to customize a project for your agency or company, it's now easy to arrange. Just go to my website, www.drdinamcmillan.com. That's www.drdinamcmillan.com. The title and name are all one word, all lowercase. If you don't know how to spell it, just head over to Google or another search engine and type in Dr. Dina and then TEDx. My TED Talk will pop up and will include the full spelling of my name. I offer you a range of ways to hire me to assist you or your event or your organization in person and virtually. Just so you know, getting my help with a personal issue has some limitations. I can legally offer information, but I'm not able to provide therapy. We can still meet virtually or in person, and I can give you the benefit of my experience and my understanding on any relationship topic you'd like to discuss. However, this podcast is global, and I don't have the right to give counseling in some countries. So contact me at my website, and we'll discuss it. Is that all good? Now let's talk about our families. I'm Dr. Dina McMillan, and you're listening to the Unmasking the Abuser podcast. Today, we're covering how to survive family gatherings. By survive, I mean with your mental health intact. So bookmark this short podcast. While family time can be the days we remember throughout the year, and as we move through our lives... It's not always flowers and sunshine. When things go wrong, when someone in the family hurts us, that pain can resonate so deeply and so sharply, it impacts us like nothing else that occurs. Good or bad, families tend to be branded on our hearts and in our minds. That means this information is relevant at Thanksgiving and Christmas, during Hanukkah, Diwali, and Easter. It also works for Fourth of July, Australia Day, New Year's Day, important family birthdays and anniversaries, and baby showers. Basically, this is key protection advice for whenever you have a family get-together that involves at least one abuser, a narcissist, or a troublemaker of any description. This person could be your romantic partner, a sibling, a parent, an extended family member, or someone married into your family. Whatever their position or role, the group of people who can bring us the most joy are also the people most likely to subject us to excruciating pain. 
that especially difficult family member or person who's dating or married to a family member creates a situation of difficulty that in many ways is like adding poison to soup. No matter how pleasant the occasion or how good the other people are, their presence can make everyone feel sick. After all, Family members and close friends know our vulnerable spots. We all have at least one person who's skilled at pushing our buttons and upsetting us. Am I right about that? Did you nod along when I said it? Or did someone's face or name immediately come into your mind? Think about it for a moment. That person may persist in pushing you, annoying you, doing whatever they can to trigger you so that you misbehave, so that you lose your temper, lose your cool, and act in a way you really don't want to. You may have promised yourself, sworn to yourself, you weren't going to let them get to you this year. And then they say or do the exact thing that makes your stomach clench and your heart race, and before you know it, you see red. Later, you feel disappointed in yourself for being so easy to manipulate. Events like this happen everywhere, and they can ruin your time with your family. If they successfully get you to act out, the other members of your family may end up angry at you. Your family members could later say, well, you know what they're like. Why did you let them push you that way? And then other members of your family, perhaps your partner or your children, who don't know your history with that person, they wonder why you wanted to ruin the time for everyone. They were embarrassed. May blame you when it all kicks off. They may bring it up repeatedly over the years because issues that happen during family events go down in family history. So let's talk about a few ways to protect yourself over the holidays and during family gatherings. This guidance falls into two categories. Some of the suggestions are about things you can do yourself to keep the holiday from turning into a nightmare. Other guidance is about ways you can stay on top of a situation if that troubled person or people cause havoc in spite of your best efforts. So let's consider Dr. Dina's holiday and family gathering tips. Tip number one, keep your expectations low. It may be tempting to convince yourself that maybe this year things will go smoothly. The kids are getting excited and you don't want to be a negative person. After all, no one wants to be a Scrooge. Well, you don't have to be negative but keep your expectations for the day realistically low. Hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Go to your favorite search engine and type in best tips for staying calm during family gatherings. There are lots of sites with suggestions. I include a few of the most useful and realistic tips here. So tip number two. Look up mindfulness exercises and start to practice them before the day. They're extremely useful in a range of life situations 
and most of them only require changing your perspective, looking at the world and what's around you differently. Experiencing strong emotions distorts your thinking. It will dominate your perceptions, so you only focus on whatever is causing you to feel upset or to feel pain. Mindfulness expands beyond your feelings, the place, and the time. You consciously turn your attention to what's happening in your body and take some deep, measured breaths. You don't allow those negative emotions to take over. You regain your control and you find easy ways to center yourself. Perhaps as you take those breaths, you start traveling through your body, starting with your toes. You wiggle your toes and pay attention to how your toes feel when you wiggle them. You move up to your knees, and so on and so forth. You draw your attention away from your emotions and away from the parts of your body that react emotionally, like your stomach and your heart and your head. It's not difficult or complicated, and you can restore your emotional balance in about a minute. You can find some free information on YouTube, Spotify, or again, go to your favorite search engine and just type in mindfulness exercises. Tip number three, remind yourself you're always responsible for how you react. Someone can push your buttons, but it doesn't have to turn on your temper. You can use their attempt to upset you to remind yourself why you spend so little time with that person the rest of the year. So take some deep breaths. Refuse to give in. And you don't have to just sit there seething and upset. Those mindfulness exercises can help you regain your emotional balance after you have a strong negative reaction to someone. Let deep breathing and a sense of presence help you. Your tormentor wins if you lose your temper and make a scene. Tip number four. Remember, distance is your friend. A few of these suggestions talk about putting distance between yourself and the person causing you trouble. Sometimes this is as simple as finding an excuse to help in the kitchen or set up the table or place chairs around the room. Other times you can go into the bathroom and put some cold water on your face. Depending on the weather, you may need to go for a walk. Don't stay physically near someone who's trying to emotionally attack you. Tip number five, prepare yourself. If you have a partner or family member who's highly volatile, give yourself an out before the day arrives. Arrange to give out lunch at a food bank or deliver presents at a hospital for part of the day. Keep the time you're in the hostile environment down to a minimum. If you have to travel to the gathering or have other circumstances where you can't realistically leave, do some reconnaissance upon arrival. Figure out something you can help with that will take you away from the hurtful situation for a while. Help with food preparation. 
volunteer to clean up, play with the kids, attend to older relatives, or find some other way to change the focus away from you and the volatile person and on to the group and the reason you gathered together in the first place. Tip number six. Now this seems obvious, but sometimes it needs to be said. Try to spend as much time as you can with those you get along with well. Don't feel like you have to spend equal time with everyone. If you have a difficult relationship with one of your relatives or a friend of a relative or a partner of a relative, be polite and considerate, but don't get drawn into conversation with them. If they enter a group where you're speaking to someone else, make an excuse. Be polite, bring it to an end, and go chat to someone else. You can't trust being kind to them will keep them from emotionally attacking you. So don't even try. Tip number seven. Here's an unfortunate fact. Sometimes your best efforts to be pleasant and not bring up anything political or controversial won't be enough. You'll be mindful and calm and a considerate guest. Then the troublemaker will start an argument based on something you didn't even say or become enraged about something that happened in the past and therefore can't be changed. Don't try to correct them. Leave the room. If possible, leave the party. You may not need to go for long. Perhaps you volunteer to pick up something from the store that someone forgot, or you tell a relative you'll give them a ride home. As tempted as you may be to try to defend yourself and tell them they're wrong, it will just draw you in. Distance yourself. Tip number eight. If the person causing you grief is an abuser, there's nothing they love more than ruining everyone's fun. It would take me days to list all the ways abusers find to be obnoxious. Getting drunk, purposely bringing up politically sensitive topics, teasing someone to the point of tears, flirting with female relatives, purposely discussing intimate details about your sex life or their sex life with other women, displaying terrible manners. If the person is your partner, let their behavior be part of your New Year's resolution to get away and leave the gathering as soon as you can. If it's someone else in the family or the partner of someone else in the family, Make plans to see everyone else at another time without inviting the abuser or the person who brought the abuser to the party. I know that may sound harsh if you really care about the person who's partnered with an abuser, but it's unlikely they'll let that person meet with you alone. It's going to be difficult to get them in a situation where you can chat without the abuser either tagging along or interrogating them later to find out all the details. Well, there you have it. Those are my basic tips for surviving a difficult family gathering. I know it can be tough, but it may help to remember a saying my mother loved. This too shall pass. 
and something else that may help you keep some perspective. If someone is doing their best to make the day unpleasant, try to enjoy some parts with everyone else. Don't allow yourself to be all or nothing. And keep these tips on hand for other family situations. Birthdays, family reunions, picnics, big holidays. And now I'm wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let me know what you think, especially if you've come up with some clever ways to get around someone ruining a family gathering. Please share. And if you give me your permission, I'll be happy to share it with the rest of my podcast audience. You can get in touch with me at unmaskingpodcast at gmail.com. That's unmaskingpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Or get in touch with me through my website that also contains information on my books, offers, links to my videos, and podcasts where I've been a guest. It also has blogs and other goodies. My website address is www.drdinamcmillan.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Dina McMillan.